name's Travis Sims, and I am the founder and CEO of AGC Accelerated Global Connections. And this is the AGC Experience. Our lives are a series of choices. Each choice leads to a result. Would you like to easily know which choices are the right life choices for you? If you've never met Amy Tyson, owner of Infinity Life Design, make it a priority to connect with her. Amy is a master of feng shui and batzi, which she calls destiny analysis. She assists her clients in understanding the hidden forces that are influencing their lives. A destiny reading with Amy is like reading a book all about you. She highlights which decisions will bring you to your fullest potential and which choices will lead you down a path of obstacles. If you're struggling with a challenge or you want to lift your life even higher, get connected with Amy and Infinity Life Design on facebook.com slash infinitylifedesign or subscribe to her online newsletter at infinitylifedesign.com and connect with your infinite life. AGC stage tonight, Mike Gregory. Well, it's my pleasure, it's a privilege to be with you here today. We're going to be talking about the collaboration effect and the three elements associated with that. But let me ask you, is conflict blocking your results? Would you like to collaborate with others so that, again, you could have more pleasure, be more productive, have more profit, enjoy life? Well, the collaboration effect is really pretty simple. It's about connecting relationships. It's about listening actively. It's about educating judiciously so that we can build bridges and negotiate closure. Now, when I was born, uh, I came into the world with my twin brother, Mark, who was the fourth and fifth siblings in our family. And just to bring that home to you, that's a picture with Mike on the left and Mark on the right. We have the fourth and fifth kids. There aren't a whole lot of pictures. Being compassionate really matters. 
Operating with character and integrity really matters. And then the third element on there is enhancing revenues. Well, it turns out Harvard Business Review's done studies on this. And for folks who are making use of these techniques, and in, in the underlying foundation here is trust, they're 74% more productive. Think about that in terms of dollars and cents. If we can collaborate with others, if we can interact with others, if we understand each other, we can be a lot more profitable. And since we're in business, we're entrepreneurs, you're here connecting with one another, you are on board with this. I'm going to see if I can make this work and only get one here. There we go. So what is the collaboration effect? It is very simple. It's about connecting relationships. So what's the first thing you want to do if you're going to meet someone new? I would say the first thing you want to do is go on the internet. You're going to learn all you can about them. I'm going to go to LinkedIn, Facebook, Reddit, and look at a number of different sources. I'm going to Google them. And I'm going to say, what can I learn about this person? And then I'm going to go and say, before I go there, is there somebody in the office that knows these folks? Is there somewhere else I can go outside my office that I can network with somebody that can tell me about them? Because I'm going to want to try and connect with them on values. You're never going to change someone relative to their beliefs. But you can connect with people relative to values. And then we're going to say, you want to listen. Now, I, I teach at the Hospitality Center for Chinese at the University of Minnesota campus. And we had a Zoom class this spring, 17 folks on Zoom with me. And I said to them, Americans don't listen very well. And I had 17 faces at one time, smile and nod their head. Every one of us, one of the few times, everybody's with me on this one. Yes, because we Americans try to be interesting. And what we need to do is be interested in others rather than being interesting. And that means I need to focus on the other party. I need to paraphrase, summarize ask open-ended questions and empathize with them. I need to suspend my own judgment. I need to suspend my own assumptions. I need to be open to learning what I can about the other parties. And then it's all about educating judiciously. It turns out if you've been listened to, you're far more receptive to listen to the other party. But the key is to be listened to first. So it's not about me. It's all about <coughs> me. But it starts with me. And that's me listening to them. I want to connect with them, I want to listen to them, and then educate. I ran a group of nine uh, expert witnesses, and I testified in court myself, prepared for a couple dozen trials and business valuation type things. And then I became the manager of a group, and we grew the group from nine to 21 experts over three years. And then I managed the group for seven years. And what I learned is, before you go before any judge, always research the judge. Find out what does that judge like and not like about experts? What's that judge like and not like about this issue? And so we focused our report for a given judge. He didn't just write a report. We researched the judge to write a report the way the judge wanted to be educated. I'm taking that lesson and I'm giving that to you. You want to educate them not the way you want to educate them. You want to educate them the way they want to be educated. Well, that's the collaboration effect in a nutshell. But now what I'm going to do is I'm going to tell you a story. A story about something like this. An appraiser contacted me and said, Mike, you're going to get a call from this attorney in Boston. He's got a big ego, he charges $1,000 an hour, there are six attorneys working on this case. And I told him, I thought you might be able to help him. And I get this call from this attorney, and the attorney says, we have two issues with the IRS, it's on an estate, and there's something called a valuation issue, and I'll just give you some percentages. The IRS is at 10%, and our appraiser said it was 30 to 35%, and we put 30% on our return. And this IRS agent who's an estate and gift tax attorney, uh, he's on the case, and what we said is, we're going to meet with them, tell them why he's wrong, it's going to go to appeals, we're going to get it settled with appeals, and that's going to be the case. 
So what can you do to help me? Well, if you're going to do that, I can't help you. Pause on that. What would you do? I said, the first thing I would do is I'd reach out to this person and say, if we have to work together, we need to trust each other. I'd like to learn some things about you. And I gave him some small talk things to talk about. And then you told me there was a legal issue and this big valuation issue. And I said, I'd talk about the legal issue and see where it goes. And then from there, if you want, I can help you with this other valuation issue, uh, if you like. And so we talked about that, and he wasn't sure how to even do the small talk stuff, so I helped him with some small talk questions and things. He left. And two weeks later, I get a call. He goes, Mike, you won't believe this. I talked with this attorney, and I did what you asked. I asked him these questions, and then we talked about the legal issue, and instead of a 40-page brief, we resolved that in about 15 minutes. Great. Now we're going to talk about this valuation issue. What do you think I should do? I said, first of all, you don't need 500 attorneys. You need one other person to be with you who is engaging. And I want you to have a round table. And I want you to sit at that table with this person. Now, what did this person tell you? Well, the person said, I went to undergrad at uh, Boston College. I went to graduate school for law school at Boston University. I'm from Boston. I live in Boston today. I'm a single guy. I have two dogs. I run with my dogs. I'm kind of a, a health-oriented guy. Um, I'm a Starbucks person. I'm a morning person and a few other things. And I said, great. There's a book called The Brain-Friendly Workplace by Erica Garner. She's from here at the University of Minnesota Neuroscience. And that book says you want to have the right kind of foods and drink. And the right kind of foods are going to be dark chocolate, peanut butter, and celery sticks, carrot sticks, blueberries, cut up fruit. Don't want any donuts or bagels or anything like that. And we're going to have that there. And oh, by the way, you told me he, drink, he likes Starbucks coffee. We're going to have that and water. And when this person comes in, we're going to break it up into three periods. The first period is about connecting relationships. And when we do this, we're going to offer that food, and we're going to offer that drink, and only you're there with one other person. You're going to sit at this round table, but you're going to offer that. The person's probably only going to take coffee, or maybe the water, and nothing to eat. But I want you to grab some of those foods and put those down on a little plate right here with them. And then what I want you to do is connect and engage with this person. The new person, in theory, doesn't know this person, but knows all the background and knows quite a bit. And now that person's going to engage and for 20 minutes to half an hour, it's just about relationships and engaging, that's all. And then we're going to go into the second period, and that's about listening actively. And you're going to say, their number's at 10%, and you're going to summarize, paraphrase, ask open-ended questions, empathize, and you're going to be able to summarize what that person said even better than they did themselves. Okay? You're going to do that for a second period of another, could be half an hour or so. And then we're going to move into the third period. And the third period is going to be about educating them. And having done some research in this area, there's an IRS job aid. And the appraiser took a look at of 32 things to consider, considered 10 as being applicable, and that's what they wrote in their report. But doing some further research, there were eight other items beyond that first 10 that were applicable in this case. And what we're going to say to the IRS person is, do you think, given these facts, this would tend to increase this percentage? And the IRS person said yes. And they said yes eight times. It's important that they said yes. It's important that they agreed with the facts and the implications of those facts. Well, now we've gone through the three periods. Connecting relationships, listening actively, and educating judiciously. So now it comes up with a very important question. Phrasing this was important. To get into the negotiation. When we started, you were at 10%. When we started, our appraiser said 30 to 35%. We presented eight reasons why it would tend to be higher. And we now think instead of 30%, it should really be 
But before we go any further, we want to know what do you think? The IRS state gift tax attorney agent thought about it and said, could you live with 34%? To which they said yes. Well, it turns out that meant instead of paying 1.6 million, it was a $400,000 refund. So this attorney got really excited about this. And he called me up and said, oh, Mike, come and talk to my law firm. So I flew out to Boston. I spoke to half of their attorneys. And then some of those attorneys had gone to Harvard. There's a club in Boston called the Harvard Club. So they brought me back there twice to put on a two-hour presentation of what I just presented to you in seven minutes and expand on this even further. So when I say does the collaboration effect work, it does. It's all based on neuroscience. It means details. It doesn't just happen, but details in terms of application. So that's the collaboration effect. But I brought some other things with me today to help you too. In January of 2019, I got out of John Baker. He's the former CEO of Shearson American Express, a Fortune 100 company, and he was the CEO there for 10 years. That's unheard of. Two years, maybe five, but 10 years. And he retired, and then he's come up with this book called The Asking Formula. He spoke, now I'm a simple guy, I read his book, but to me I break things down into three, right? Collaboration effect, you got the three. I remember, three. I get to four, I need to take a list to go to the grocery store. <laughs> but three, I'm good. So he said, know what you want, ask for it, and have three reasons why it's beneficial for them. So do your homework ahead of time with any potential client and have those three reasons why it's beneficial for them. Now when you're interacting with them and we're doing the collaboration effect here on connecting relationships, listening actively, and educating judiciously, you might change what those three things are. But you came there with three things in mind. Now, I can tell you, since January of 2019, I thought this is gospel. I've been doing this with my business. This really works. So I'm going back in and saying, there's a practical element. Well, then I also want to share with you one other element based on neuroscience. This is a course at Yale. All the students at Yale can take it. Over half the students take it. This comes actually from the Greater Good Science Center at the University of California, Berkeley. But Yale brought it in as a class about three years ago. It's free. You can take the class. And those five elements are basically what the class is. It starts off with gratitude five minutes a day. I've been doing this now for 10 years. I look in the mirror, when I take off my glasses, by the way, I am legally blind. But I can look in the mirror and I can see a smile. So I look in the mirror and I smile and I start off by thinking about my wife. And then I go from there and think about tangible and intangible things for about five minutes. And those chemicals and hormones stay with you for eight to 10 hours. So your whole day is much better because you did that. You can do it while driving in the car to work. You can do it while you're looking in the mirror in the morning, whatever. Second, label negative feelings. This is what they do with the class. They keep a journal. But I'm coming back and saying, you got a bad email? Open a word document. Don't open email. Open a word document. Put in there what you really want to say to them. Okay? Very blunt. This is what I feel like right now. And here's what I want to tell you. But then say it. And open up the next morning. And then go back in and you have several choices. You can delete it. You can edit it. You can just save it. You can edit it and make it very professional, and you can provide something with a response back that would be appropriate. But labeling negative feelings is very important. The third, know that you made the best decision that you could. Make the decision good enough. At the end of the day, give it all the way to God. I did the best I could today. Thank you for letting me be here today. Tomorrow's going to be a better day. We made it through the day, and let it go. The fourth item, appropriate touch. Now we're back together. We can shake hands. We can fist bump, okay? But during COVID, my wife and I, I found ourselves, we found ourselves giving longer hugs. Just human touch. If you have a pet, that pet that loves you, 
and trusts you, and undivided, un, un, uh, any right word, unconditional love, just think of touching that pet and that pet touching you. Human touch and touch of other living beings is very important. And the last is, we need to have mindfulness at least 10 minutes a day. Studies have shown at least 10 minutes a day of prayer, reflection, meditation, yoga, clears the prefrontal cortex, and in 21 days, studies have said, lowers your blood pressure, makes you calm. You take life easy. You determine things aren't as important as I thought they were. You keep things in perspective. Five years from now, does anybody care about this thing I'm upset right now about? Uh, no. So those are things that you can use based on neuroscience with your uh, practice going forward. So we talked about the collaboration effect. We said it's about what? Connecting relationships, listening actively, and educating judiciously. And what I have for every one of you is a freebie. This is called a, a pocket guide on the collaboration effect. You've all got one of these. You can take one of these with you. And inside here, I summarize some key points. I talk about those three elements I talked about. I go into more detail on those. I share, for example, when you're listening, my favorite question is, what would you like to have happen? And I'm a mediator with the Supreme Court. I've been mediator with the Supreme Court doing two to four mediations around the country um, since 2004. As a mediator, I'm a volunteer locally in Hennepin and, in Hennepin and Ramsey County, in housing court, conciliation court, neighborhood disputes, um, in public housing, I've mediated between gangs, and I'm involved right now in the healing after George Floyd. I was involved after Jamar Clark on the north side with the Minneapolis Police Department and the mayor's office and the Hennepin County Attorney, and with Philando Castile and Falcon Heights. Now I'm doing this with respect to George Floyd here in Minneapolis. Every Friday night, there are circles on this issue. People are hurting deeply with what's happening. But I say this to you from the perspective of the elements I'm bringing up to you on listening with empathy. Listening with empathy is part of listening. is extremely important for all of us in terms of healing. Then I'm going to close it out with, this is why I do what I do. I was at a director here, assistant director here, with 1,200 employees. I was put on a detail for four and a half months to another part of the country. And while I was there, I arrived and I said, wow, where I came from, we had a union. We had 30 equal employment opportunity complaints, unfair labor practices, and grievances. And I got there, about the same size district, about 1,200 employees, and they didn't have 30, they had 300. And after a week, I said to the director, I would like to take a shot at using techniques in mediation to address this and with our teams. So I had to get on board the union, labor relations, equal employment opportunity, HR, upper management, middle management, frontline management, we put together some tests, we did some things, we put together a system to address conflict and improve collaboration. And at the end of four and a half months on a detail, we leave to have a coffee for you. And normally that means 20 minutes, I'm sorry, that means one hour, and about 20 people show up. 10, because they want to suck up to the director, I'm just being real. And 10 are there because you do make some friends in four or five months. But when I left that location, it wasn't an hour, and there weren't 20 people. It lasted six hours and 400 people came. That changed my life. I'm just telling you. That changed my life. And I have a passion for conflict resolution. I have a passion for collaboration. And I see how much better we are when you do that. So that's the collaboration effect. That's my presentation for today. And I thank you for listening.